John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15. We're going to jump right in this thing. God is going to give you a two-for-one deal tonight. God is going to give you a lesson on fruit bearing and also some marriage counseling. <clears throat> so if you are not married, get to looking. <clears throat> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't be looking. Be like Paul. Be single. Be like he is. Amen. You'll, you'll have more money, more peace. Did I say that last time? I didn't say that, did I? All right. Now that I have your attention. <clears throat> all right, here we go. John 15, John 15 and verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth fruit, he taketh away, or excuse me, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you... Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. In other words, this will be proof of your discipleship. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy, say that with me, my might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How many of y'all would like that? Say amen. amen. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater loveth no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now read verse 16 with me, everybody. Let's read in concert and then we'll be seated. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, thank you for a great crowd tonight, a hungry crowd. Lord, we're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to uh, be edified and strengthened and build up. Lord, please help me to do that. Uh, Lord, you have spoken to me. And Lord, let me speak into them. I pray that you'll take every word out of my mouth and let it be anointed and let it be uh, 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 important. Let it be significant. I pray that your perfect will be done. Help me to speak in a way that's very crystal clear to every single person in this room. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to I do this tonight. Uh, usually... Uh, usually I'll have one or two questions about the lesson from last week uh, or, or the previous week, and I, I, I try to come back, and if you notice uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've tried to come back and answer those questions, and, and I like to do that. I want to do that. I don't want anybody to leave confused. If you have a question, I would like to try to answer that the best I can, and uh, one of the things one of the things from last week that I, I, I saw several people who asked me questions and talked to me about it is I, I don't over-spiritualize everything in life. 
Don't over-spiritualize everything in life. In other words, everything in life is not a sign from God. In other words, in other words, if you have a flat tire, it may not be that God is trying to get your attention. It may be that you're riding on 15-year-old dry-rotted tires. You understand what I'm saying? It, it doesn't mean that God's trying to tell you something. What he's trying to tell you is you need to go to Firestone. Are y'all with me? Everything, in other words, every time someone passes away, if someone dies, that's not automatically a sign because we're all going to die. Sooner or later, we're all going to go by way of the grave if the Lord tarries his coming. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. So don't think everything is either one of the, those two ways of pruning, the discipline or the development. Listen, every time your washer breaks down, that doesn't mean God's trying to test your faith. It may just mean you have an old washer. Are, are you seeing where I'm going with this? You say, well, how will I know the difference? How will I can tell when it's just a, a, a process of life or something that's just part of life and something that's God trying to get my attention? Because God will tell you. God will tell you. Usually, before he has to discipline you, you already know what you're getting it for. Because he's already tried to tell you not to do it. Are y'all with me? Does that make sense? And, 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 and you say, well, preacher, I, I just stay confused about it. Well, here's what you do. You pray. You pray and say, Lord, what are you trying to show me? If God shows you something, then do what he shows you. If he shows you nothing, it's just part of life. We are living in a corrupt and cursed world, a broken world, where things grow old, things, uh, 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 they, they fall apart, and, and, and they rust, and they break down, uh, all the, all fr everything from our houses to our cars to our bodies. Time has made a change in me. Am I right? So, does everybody get that? Does that make sense, okay? All right, now, I, 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 I don't know why... I don't know why today that this just stood out to me. And it may be just a revelation for me. It may be just for me. It may not help you none whatsoever. But I'm going to share something that, that helped me understand fruit a little better. A couple weeks ago, not, I don't think it was last week. I think it was a week before that. We had a whole lesson on fruit. What was fruit? And we basically know it's righteousness, right? It's righteousness. It's the character of God. It's, it's, it's all those things that we listed. But here's a good way to illustrate it. All right. <clears throat> Let's see what we have here. What is that? That's an apple. What does an apple come from? Okay, all right. All right, here's, a, here's an illustration. You look on the back of your paper. You look on the back of your paper, and we're going to get to that toward the end of the lesson. And this is the branch, or excuse me, this is the vine. This is the vine or the tree, whatever you want to call it. This is the branch, right? And what would this be? The fruit, right here. So this would go here, correct? Okay, if it, what is this? That is here. So what would this be? Say it again. I can't hear you. Apple tree. All right. All right. All right. What, what is this? A pear. So a pear would be here. It's the fruit. So what does that make this? Pear tree. Man, y'all are good. All right. All right. What is that? A grapefruit. A grapefruit. So the grapefruit would go here. So what does that make this? I tell you what, y'all don't miss nothing. All right, what's this? Okay, all right. If an orange goes here, what does that make this? Orange tree. I had a mango, but it's no longer with us. 
I'm sorry, I've been here since early this morning, all right? But if the, man, <laughs> if the mango went here, what does that make this? Now watch this. Let's go backwards. Let's go backwards. Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the, ye are the, and if you're going to bear fruit, if an apple goes here, what does that make this? If a grapefruit goes here, what does that make this? If an orange goes here, what does that make this? If a mango goes here, what does that make this? If Jesus goes here, what does that make this? It makes it Jesus. Let's do it again. What does that make this? All right, let's go backwards. If this is an apple tree, what's going to be here? Okay, if this is Jesus, what's going to be here? What is the fruit you're going to bear in your life? Jesus. When you go into an apple orchard, what do you see hanging on the tree? When, when you walk through life and you are abiding in Christ, what do people see? Jesus. They see Jesus' attitude. They see Jesus' words. They see Jesus' generosity. They see Jesus' love. See, this really is not complicated. Well, what is fruit? It's Jesus. If ye abide in me and I in you, ye shall bear much fruit. What? Fruit is a manifestation of whatever the vine is. The apple tree is a manifestation, or excuse me, the apple is a manifestation of the apple tree. If Jesus is the vine, what's going to be manifested? Does this make sense? Does that help y'all understand that a little better? If not, I got a free fruit basket out of the deal. <laughs> All right, it helped me. It helped me. All right, now, here's what we're going to do. Last week, we talked about the process that God, He initiates. God initiates the pruning, right? We, the, 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 the goal is bearing fruit. Ultimately, the goal is the glory of God, but God wants us to bear fruit to bring him glory, so he gets involved in the deal. He gets involved in the deal. He will prune us. He will take things out of our life. He will cut things away. He will add fertilizer, say amen, to bring fruit. So we know God takes the initiative and he gets involved in our life, whether we want him to or not, whether we ask him to or not, God will involve himself in our life. Now, where do we come in on this deal? What do we initiate? What do we take the initiative to do in this process of bearing fruit? He will do the pruning, but what does he tell us to do? Look in verse number, look in verse number four. Verse number four, we'll start there. And we'll find this word over and over and over again, 10 times. It's, it's, it's translated continue in verse nine, but it's the same word, same Greek word. Uh, what's the very first word of verse four? Abide. Say it again. Abide. Abide. Abide, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. Now, here's what I want to do. This is what we're going to talk about tonight. Abiding. It's not complicated. We make it complicated, but it's really not complicated. All right? Here, here's, here's what I want to do. Number one, let's just go through the verses 
And just, 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 just verse by verse by verse, okay? So let's do this. When it comes to abiding, there's some factors that we need to look at and, and, and understand. First, in verses 4, verses 4 and 5, let's read them and we'll, we'll say what that is. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. So he's, he's making a declaration here. He says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now he just, come, he just comes out and just says it. He just comes out and says it. For without me, ye can do nothing. nothing. Here's what I want you to write down. I want you to write down the dependence factor. The dependence factor in abiding or in bearing fruit. What does it mean to abide in Christ? It means to totally depend on him. To totally depend on him. Realizing you can do nothing without him. You can do nothing. This is great. This is great, guys. This, this, is, this is like God taking all the pressure off of us. How many of y'all figured out that you can't love your neighbor by yourself because he's a jerk? Right? His dogs just keep tearing up your garbage and t- digging up your flowers and doing all these things. And you try to talk to him like a normal person and he just gets an attitude with you. But you're supposed to love him. How many of y'all figured out you can't? Those other people in your life. Situations where you got to turn the other cheek. Situations where you got to forgive a wound that's so deep you can't even breathe. Have y'all figured out by now you can't do that? You know what? The great thing is God don't expect you to. Matter of fact, not only does he not expect you to, he tells you you can't. Ain't that great? I know what y'all are thinking. What? He's taking all the pressure off. Jesus is saying this fruit stuff. You can't do it without me. You can't do nothing. Nothing. Let me give you a couple verses and we'll go to the next one. 2 Chronicles 20, 12. Oh, our God. This is, this is Jehoshaphat. He is, he is talking to God about, about the enemy that is before him. And this is a huge enemy that they are, there's no way in the world they can win this battle. There's no way in the world that they could, they could defeat the enemy. And this is what he says. This is what he says. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. We don't have the ability to beat the wind. We don't have the, the ability to defend ourselves. And not only that, we don't know what to do, but, read it with me, but our eyes are upon thee. You, you know what? <laughs> this, is, this is so great. What, what we need to do when that neighbor's in front of us, we need to say, God, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I want to kill him. But my eyes... Are upon you. Do y'all see this? He's saying, I, I, don't have, I don't have the ability. I can't do it. Matter of fact, not only do I not have the ability, I don't even know what to do. How many of you found yourself in places in your life you didn't know what to do? This is what it's saying. I'm looking at you, Lord. I'm looking to you, God. Look what it says. There's another one, 2 Corinthians 3, 3. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. We don't have anything in us. We don't have any ability in us. 
Romans 7, 18, Paul said it so well. He said it so well. For I know that in me, in my natural flesh, in my natural ability, even in my own natural desire, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. I can't do this. We are totally, completely, absolutely dependent on Christ to do everything in life. We are totally dependent on Christ to love our neighbor. We are totally dependent on Christ to get up and go to work. We are totally dependent on Christ to to accomplish all of these things. We have to have Christ in our lives. Before he told him anything, before he told him anything about his word, before he told him anything about obedience, before he told him anything about love, and and, and all of these things, he said, first, I need you to understand something. Without me, you're not going to be able to do none of this stuff. You desperately need me. You desperately need me. Can we all see that? Say amen. amen. So we see the dependence factor, number one. Number two. Number two, I want you to see the communing factor. The communing factor. In other words, the communion. Look in, verse, look in verse number seven. Look in verse number seven. If ye abide in me, if, that's a, that's a big word, isn't it? It's small letters. Just a short, but it's a huge, huge word. If, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my what? Now watch this. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be. Now here's what I want you to look at. Look at, the, look at in your notes uh, right underneath, right underneath that main point. <clears throat> There's, 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 some, there's some addition here, right? Some addition and, 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 and subtraction. Here's where, here's where the relationship issue comes in. You can be united to Christ and not have communion with Christ. Union, now watch, now watch. Union plus or, yes, sir. Union plus communion equals joy. Union plus communion equals joy. But watch this. Union minus communion equals frustration. Now let's 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 do a little marriage talk. You know, you could be in union with someone. And not have any communion. Communion is intimacy. Communion is closeness. Communion is, is a drawing near to. Communion is something that is special. Communion is something that is intimate. And when you have a union and you have communion, you're going to have joy and you're also going to have fruit. He said, I'm speaking these things unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be. I'm telling you this, any relationship that is souped up with communion, they some joy in that relationship. 
And I'm not just talking about the physical aspect of it. I'm talking about the, the, the intimacy aspect of it, the closeness, the, 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 personal, the personal aspect that, that draws someone together that you know you have something with someone that no one else on the whole planet has. And by the way, you can have the physical and not the intimacy. The physical act is not necessarily, that's not the intimacy. That's not what I'm talking about. But listen, that goes with it when it's right. And that produces joy. Now watch this, watch this. Then you can have a union and have no communion. And you basically, you basically are, are, are roommates. You have a ring, you have a ring and, and you have the certificate. You have the marriage license. But there's no intimacy, there's no communion, there's no communication, there's no relationship whatsoever, and by legal rights, you are married, but that's about all. And I'm telling you, when you have union, and you're connected to someone, and you have no communion, it equals what? Frustration. No joy. There's no joy in that relationship. There's no joy in that connection. And it produces frustration. And then when the commandments come, the service comes, it creates more frustration. When you have to serve your spouse, then you're frustrated because there's no communion. Let me, let me give you an illustration. <clears throat> uh, in, in your word, look at, look at, look at, your, look at your, your Bible. Look at your Bible. 1 John First, well, your notes, it's got your Bible in it. <clears throat> First John chapter 5. This will, this will keep you having to, we can save a little time. First John chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Now, what, what do we see here? We're seeing two things connected here. Love and keeping commandments. Obedience. Y'all with me? Serving, obeying, commandments, right? Love. Commandments, love commandments, love commandments, love commandments. He's saying, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Now watch, this is, this is, I'm telling you, this is a revelation. Husbands and wives, if you can get this, I promise you, it will, it will change your whole life. Look what he says. He says, he says, if there is love, there will be obedience. There will be service. You will follow my commandments. Now watch this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Now watch. And his commandments are not grievous in other words it's no problem no issue whatsoever when you love God you want to serve him you want to obey him you want to do for him you want to please him you want to serve and work for him you want to be in his presence you want to sacrifice for him you want to be generous to him and give to him why because your love for him now let's connect that to the other thing we were talking about. Look at the next verse. This goes back to the Old Testament. Genesis 29, Jacob. Jacob, he comes, he comes to uh, Rachel, who he is sweet on, and says to uh, 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 his, 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 Rachel's mama, or excuse me, father, said, I tell you what, I will serve you for seven years if you will give me the privilege of marrying your daughter, Rachel. Seven years. Years, seven years of labor. We know this is in the Old Testament. Say amen. 
Some guys won't work seven days for a girlfriend. Say amen. Seven years of labor working hard. Now I'm talking about back then, they worked. Seven years of labor just to be able to marry this woman named Rachel. Watch, watch. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few, but a few. Why? For the, he had. You know what he sang for seven years? I'm going to the chapel and I'm going to get married. Come on, say man. Every time he shoveled a pile, he didn't care. Rachel's on the way, baby. He loved her. He cared about her. And his love for her motivated him to serve and work for her. The work was no problem. The work was not grievous at all. It was no issue whatsoever. He was proud to do it. And man, it seemed like a few days for the love he had for her. Let me tell you what we need in our, in our relationships and our marriages. We need to get love back in it. We need to get intimacy back in it. We need to get communion back in it. Because when you have communion and you have intimacy and you have closeness and you have that type of relationship, you won't care to serve your spouse. You won't care to serve your mate. You won't care to sacrifice for them. You won't care to go. Are y'all with me? But there's too many people that's just, you just have union. You just have a license. You just have a ring on the finger and that's all. And all you're getting out of the deal is frustration. No joy. No fruit. Because you can't have fruit without intimacy. It requires intimacy to have fruit. In order to have intimacy, you've got to have communion. Does this make sense? If it bothers you to have to do something for your spouse, there's a problem. My wife asked me today, <clears throat> I got a kid sick at home with throwing up, and, uh, and I said, okay, what I need, I need to get some Sprite, and you know, that's what, that solves everything, Sprite, <clears throat> and some Gatorade, and you know, I said, well, what else you need? And she said, <clears throat> she said, uh, uh, she might need, uh, she might need some of them peanut butter M&M's. <clears throat> Y'all understand me? I couldn't wait to get to see, find the biggest bag of peanut butter M&M's I could find. Because I wanted to see the smile on her face when I got back. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. If there hadn't been intimacy for a while and, and, and there's no closeness, oh, I tell you what, we're just a hopeless case. No, it's not. Not if you're breathing. Not if you're breathing. Go do what you did before. You've left your first love. You ain't lost it. You left it. What did he say in Revelation? He said, remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember when it was hot in the kitchen. Y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> remember when you wanted to dress up and look, look fine for him. When you didn't want him to see you in your con- without your contacts on. 
When you want to wear your tight britches for, come on, guys. Remember those times. Remember the way that was. Remember how you acted. Remember how you treated them. Remember sugar couldn't melt off your mouth. Remember when you couldn't do enough for them. And you know what he says? Repent. Remember from whence thou art fallen? Repent. Repent. Make it right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't date you no more. I'm sorry I didn't bring you flowers no more. I'm sorry I didn't do all these things. I'm sorry I don't greet you at the door with a kiss and a hug and make you glad to be home. I'm sorry for all. And then it says this, and do thy first works and start doing it again. Well, I'll tell you what, it won't work for us. I bet if you tried it, will. Well, it didn't work. Keep trying. Practice makes perfect. And you keep trying, I guarantee you this, you're going to get to liking it. Because he's going to like and love to come home and, and, and you're going to want him to come home because he's going to start serving you like crazy because you're loving him like crazy. Yeah. Communion. Boy, it's quiet in here. No communion? Just union? Frustration. That's for all you married folks. Now let's get to the point. When you try to serve God with no communion, you're going to be frustrated when you've got to sacrifice. You're going to be frustrated when you're asked to serve. You're going to be frustrated when you try to love your neighbor and you had not been in communion with Christ, so you're going to have to do it on your own, and it's going to kill you to act like somebody. You see, it's the same point. When we have union with Christ without communion, then the things that Christ wants and expects out of our life, it frustrates us because we don't have the ability to do it. Does this make sense? Union without communion equals frustration. But Jesus said, when there's love and there's abiding in my word and my words in you, when you have these things together, then your joy is going to be full. Isn't that great? Well, how do we do that? What's the practical things? Well, he tells us. He tells us. <clears throat> Look in verse number seven. Verse number seven. And, 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 <clears throat> and this works in the marriage too. We'll talk about that. Read it with me. Verse seven. If ye abide. Okay, help us now. Help us now. I know I done lost you on that last section, but y'all going to have to get back with me now. Come on. Verse seven. Here we go. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. There's two components. There's two components of communion he gives us right here. One is the word. Is the word. We, we make this way too complicated. It's kind of like dieting. Kind of like dieting. Dieting is not complicated. There's no secret to it. There's no, there's no revolutionary anything. Nothing. Dieting is all about math. I know I'm probably going to make some of you mad right here, but I'm telling you, it's all about math. It's simple math. If you consume 3,000 calories a day and you burn 1,500, guess what? You are adding. And anytime you're adding, you ain't losing. You with me? It's all about how much you burn to how much you consume. It, that's it. 
That is diet. That's diet 101. Cut back on what you consume and burn more of it. If you burn more than you consume, you're going to lose weight. That's, that's it. And I know there's all, all kind of medical issues that sometimes that affect. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about on the norm. Well, you know what? This is the same way with communion with Christ. It's not complicated. But guess what? How many of y'all know we as human beings always want to cheat? We want the shortcut. We want the easy way out. Guess what? There's not. There's not an easy way out to dieting. There's not an easy way out to communion with Christ. Guys, there's not an easy way to a perfect marriage. One of the greatest advice I've ever heard in my life when it comes to marriage. My, my good friend Brian Edwards. He said, Malcolm, the secret to marriage is not love. I said, do tell. He said, do you always feel in love? I said, no. <laughs> He said, see? I said, well, what's the secret then? He said, effort. It's how much effort you put in. And it's on both sides. It requires both. I'm not so naive to think that one person can do all the effort. Matter of fact, it just makes that one person frustrated if there's no effort coming from the other side. It's effort from both sides. Y'all with me? And so there's no secret. It's just, it is what it is. He tells us this. If ye abide in me, watch this, and my words abide in you. Then he says this. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. What's he saying? Two things here. The word and prayer. Communion and the closeness with Christ is centered around. Here, here is, here is the, the components that's involved and necessary to have a close, intimate relationship with Christ. It's the Word of God and prayer. Say it with me. The Word of God and prayer. Say it again. The Word of God and prayer. If you see someone who is close to Christ and has a close, intimate relationship with Christ, you can bet one thing. They know their Bible. And they are in their Bible. They are reading their Bible. They are studying their Bible. They are memorizing their Bible. They are spending time in the Word. If the only time you ever pick up your Bible is when you come to Bible study or you come to church on Sunday, you're never going to have intimate communion with Christ because you're not going to know Him. I put two things here. I don't know if I, how I, I worded it here. Put beside, put beside through His Word. A, through His Word. Put beside that, through his word, put this, put this, you will know him, K-N-O-W, you will know him. In order for me to have a relationship with my wife, Tammy, I had to get to know her. I could be acquainted with her, right? I could be acquainted with her and I could know about her. But I, I could know about her and not know her. But guess what? I know her better than all y'all. And she knows me better than all y'all. Y'all with me? We have shared things. We know each other. Now, I, I would admit this. I would admit this. I don't know her like I need to. Because God told me to know her. To dwell with her according to knowledge. Right? And that's the effort I need to make in that deal. Now here's the thing. Paul said that I might know Christ. 
that I might know Christ. His desire was to know Christ, to know more about Christ, to know him, to know his thinking, to know his thoughts, to know everything about. He wanted to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. He wanted to know Christ. And listen, you can't have intimacy with someone without knowing them. Does this make sense? And here's the problem. You have so many Christians who are connected. They have a union with Christ, but no communion because they won't take the time to really get to. I walked into the clubhouse one day. I was, I was the uh, <clears throat> uh, golf course superintendent down in Florida, and, and I was putting some pretty hot uh, uh, fertilizer on the greens and, and I walked inside because I didn't want to have to turn on all the big pumps because I was hoping it was going to rain because it said it was supposed to rain and I walked into the clubhouse and you know you got all these guys sitting at the, at the bar there watching the big screen and usually it's ESPN a lot of times it's the, new, the, the weather channel and all this kind of stuff and there was a guy behind the counter named Dempsey and, uh, and, and I said Dempsey is it supposed to rain tonight and he's making a joke I mean he's just he's a, he's a funny guy cool guy and he's always trying to make people laugh, but, but man, it, it just broke me down. I, I asked him, I said, I said, Dimps, is it supposed to rain tonight? And he kind of snickered and looked at all the guys long drinking at the bar and looked up and said, well, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to ask him. And he was making a joke about not knowing God. Now, here's the thing. I wonder how many, how many people sitting in pews every day would have to say the same thing. You can only know him through the word. You can only know him through the word. Do you know the only thing we know about him is in the word? And if you neglect the word, you're never going to know him. And if you never know him, you're never going to have intimacy. And you can't have communion. Now watch this. Watch this. This is how this works. This is like a, this is a, it's like a cycle. But the more you know about him, the more you love him. Because the more you know about him, the more you know about how much he loves you. And, and we love him because he first loves us. And the more we know about his love for us, the more love we know for him. And the more, yes, he is so awesome. He is so great. He is so wonderful. He is so marvelous. He is so precious. And we walk around. When God asks something from us, when he has a command that we are to follow, they are grievous to us and they're hard for us because we have no communion. And there's no intimacy and there's no love. But when there's love and there's intimacy, he could ask anything of you and you'd be willing to sacrifice anything for him. Just like marriage. When the marriage ain't right and there's no communion... There's no intimacy. There's no love. You could ask them to get the ketchup out of the refrigerator and it's a chore. But buddy, when it's hot at home and there's love and there's intimacy and there's communion, you can ask them to go out in a hailstorm rain just to get crackers from Dollar General and they'll run to the car to get it for you. I need a witness. And we wonder why sometimes church feels like a chore. Wonder why sometimes picking up our Bible to read it or to pray or spend time with God seems like a chore. I'll tell you why. Because we don't know him. Because if you knew him, 
If you knew him, you couldn't stand not being in his presence. Because it's through his word that you know him. Write this down. Prayer. 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 It's through prayer that you experience him. It's through prayer that you experience him. Now, what is prayer? It's communication. It's communication. Now, I heard about Tammy before I met her. I heard about her. I'll be honest with you. My first experience with Tammy, it's kind of scary. (laughs) Because when I see her in church, she has a face that looks mean. But that's just her normal face. She knows it. No big deal. She scared me. I ain't going to lie. And then when I met her mom, I found out why. She looks mean too. Y'all say what you want. First time she met me. Very first time she met me, I walked through the door and she throws me a Hershey's kiss because I weighed about 135. She said, here, eat this. You need it. That's a, that's a fact. And my, my best friend was boyfriend and girlfriend with her best friend. So my friend said, uh, Tammy likes you. I said, huh? <laughs> no, she's nice. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> No, really, really. He began to tell me about her and, and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and I found out she was nice. <laughs> and boy, he, he could tell me all about her. And I could somewhat know her. But when I met her, and I spent one-on-one time with her, and I got to experience her and talk and fellowship, it created a desire to want to know her more. You see, it's through the word that we know Christ, but it is through prayer that we experience Christ. Let me, let me put it this way. You say, how does that happen? How does that happen? How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know uh, God's invisible? How many of y'all know we can't see him? We can't see him. Oh, yeah, I saw him. No, you didn't. Because then it wouldn't be faith anymore. Jesus said, you love, you, you love him who you've not even seen. You ain't seen him. So what makes him real to us? How can he be tangible and real to us? i tell you how. When you spend time talking to him, and you bring a burden and a request to him, and you turn around and see him do it. That which is invisible came very real and visible. Someone called me this week. Preacher, 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 preacher. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. Preacher, I, 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 I pray. I, I was just feeling terrible, terrible, terrible sick this morning. I, I, I just pray, please, God, help me today. And man, I'm telling you what, in just a little bit, I was up and at him. I feel great. You know what I told him? Write it down. Because that makes it Tangible. 
The invisible God just became visible. I pulled out, I told y'all this a couple weeks ago, I pulled out the church parking lot. God, I need some tires. I ain't gonna lie. They bought us an onion. I need, I need some tires. Just a few hours later, God answered my prayer. The invisible God just became tangible and touchable and visible. He, I experienced God. I experienced God when I walked through the hallways and see a mother and a daughter talking to one of our prayer warriors and the daughter's giving her, her life to Christ and she's crying and, and the prayer warrior's crying and the mother's crying now I'm crying. God becomes tangible. And you experience him through prayer. Man, the song says sweet hour of prayer. And it is sweet. But let me tell you something. It may be a burden at first. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes fellowship, sometimes, listen, that, that effort for intimacy and that effort to communicate may be work, but it's worth the effort. It's worth the effort to communicate. It's worth, I, had, I, had, I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine I went to Bible college with. We, 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 we lived kind of a, a good piece away from, from school, and, and it was at night, so it's late at night by the time we're headed home. I'm tired. I'm worn, I've been working all day and went to school all night. We're headed home, and, and, and we get almost home, and he said, oh, no, I forgot, I forgot. I said, you forgot what? I'm about to have a sleep. You forgot what? He said, I forgot a newspaper. Now, this is like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I said, a newspaper? You done heard all the news of the day. He said, no, you don't understand. I got to get a newspaper. I said, why do you got to get a newspaper? He says, I got to find something to talk to my wife about. I said, what? You got to find something to talk, about, talk to your wife about? He said, yeah, man, we've been in marriage counseling and, and, and we just don't communicate and it's hard for us to communicate. We don't know, we don't have anything to talk about. So he's giving us homework. She has to get a newspaper. I got to get a newspaper. I got to find an article to talk about. She's got to find an article to talk about. And we sit down and we talk about the article, even if it's the Russian sub that sank. <clears throat> you know what it was? It was an effort. They were doing whatever it took to communicate. And I guarantee you this, it was worth it. The effort they had to put into it and the work that they had to put into it to make the effort to have communion and to communicate and to spend that time, the intimacy that, that resulted from it was well worth the effort that was made. Don't quit. Don't give up. If it doesn't come naturally, if it doesn't come easy, do it anyway and keep doing it till it is a pleasure. Church, say amen. amen. Prayer and Bible, prayer and Bible, prayer and Bible. You let me tell you my two hardest things to do when it comes to Bible study. I'm, I'm just, y'all know I'm very transparent. I, it's a God's wonder y'all let me stay around this place. But I'm telling you, I'm not a good Christian. I, 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 I try my best and I, I, I wish I was more like, anyway, the hardest part about Bible study for me is starting and stopping. Just getting started. I sit down and I know I got to study because I know you're waiting on me and you want to hear something from the Lord and I got to get in the word and I, 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 I know I got to do this and I'll think of 15 things I need to do or 15 people I need to call and I'm just trying this all. But man, once I get started, 
I, so I, I, sometimes I'm late coming out of that door because I just, I don't want to quit. You got to make an effort sometimes. Your flesh ain't going to want to do it. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. You'll start learning stuff. God will start showing you stuff. And you're going to think, man, this is great. And it's funny because God will show you something that's just for you. And you'll take that and show somebody else. And they'll say, oh, okay. And you're just about walking this out of the ground. You know why? Because it was for you, not them. That is how personal our God is. He will talk just to you. And he will show something just to you out of his word. He will give you a nugget. He'll give you that. Man, somebody say amen. amen. What a blessing. We see the communion factor. Now, uh, let's get to our drawings. I'm about to run out of time. This is, this is cool. Let me, ho, 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 ho. Back up. Back up. Through his word, what did I say? Through his word, we, we know him. Through prayer, we now watch, watch what the terminology that's used in the New Testament. Look at the terminology that's used in the, in the New Testament. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. In other words, we can get close to God. That's why I tell Tammy, draw near. <laughs> Amen? Man, I got work to do. Lord. James 4 8. James 4 8. Draw. Come on. Draw to. And he will what? Y'all get it? He wants to be close to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have communion with you. He wants to be close to you. Draw nigh to him. And he will. Now what is, the, what is the context? What is the context? Look at the next one. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly where? Unto the. Now here's the thing. To understand that, you got to understand in the Old Testament, God was in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, and then in the temple. And you had to be privileged to get it to go in there. Matter of fact, only the high priest could go in, and that only once a year. And there was a great veil that separated, that separated man from the presence of God. Y'all with me? And, and you had to be privileged. You, you, you had to be the high priest and you can only go in once a year. But when Jesus died on the cross, that veil that separated God from man from having a closeness and drawing nigh to God. Because if you drew nigh then before Jesus died on the cross, you would die. But the Bible says that that veil was ripped from the top to bottom, not the bottom to the top. God wants you to know he done it. And it wasn't so God could get out. It was so you could get in. He's saying, draw nigh. God has made a way through Jesus Christ that we who are vile and undone, we're not even Jewish, we're not even a high priest, we are just Gentile dogs, but we can go boldly into the presence of God. We have the ability to draw nigh to a holy God, a powerful God. Not only do we have the ability and come come boldly before His throne, He wants us to. 
He's inviting us to. He's inviting us to intimacy. He's inviting us to communion. Does this make sense? Prayer. Wow. Watch this. Y'all, uh, y'all give Miss Barry a hand for her drawing up here. <clears throat> she made sure and signed it right there. I don't know if you catch that right there. All right. All right. All right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to draw. There's two things. Number three, I want you to see the conduit factor. <clears throat> I saw this when I was studying. I've listened to I don't know how many sermons on this. I've listened to tons of theologians on this chapter because I want to get it as good in my head as I can to give it to you. And not none of them did I see this. None of them. Not one single commentary, not one single sermon did I hear this point. And I just saw it. It's just like, whoa, check that out. And you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. What is, what is this? What is this? What, 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 what do we call this? Jesus said, I am the... All right, we'll put that here. We all know what that is, right? Okay, all right, what is this? Okay, all right, and, 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 this, and this is, what is this? This is the branch. Now, do you realize, do you realize between the fruit and the vine, we have the branch? And do you realize all that the branch is, is a pipeline from one to the other? Do you realize the branch can't produce anything? It can, on, it can only be a conduit for something to flow through. Woo, say amen. Conduit, a channel. We have nothing in, our, in, in, in us. Without me, you can do nothing good in us. Nothing good. We can't produce anything. We can't produce love. We can't produce mercy. We can't produce forgiveness. We can't produce jack. Y'all with me? But we can channel it. (laughs) We can let it flow through us. Y'all with me? Watch this. This is so good. Watch this. So what is it? All right, all right, all right. Let's put, let's put, who's the vine? All right, write this. Write this in your, in your drawing. Hurry that time. <gasps> hurry, hurry, hurry. All right. That's Christ. And you know, we can still, we can put Christ here too, but let's just, let's just stay with the chapter here. All right, we got fruit. <clears throat> And this is, the, this is the Christian, right? This is the Christian. You hear the, or the disciple, whichever, however you want to do this. Now watch, now watch. I, I'm going to have to write something here. <clears throat> I'm going to have to write something here. But we know who this is, right? Everybody good with that? Now watch. There's some things that's flowing in us. Let me give them to you real quick. Let me give them to you real quick. Look what it says. Look what it says. John 15, 7. <clears throat> Look in your notes. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ho, ho, slow down, slow down, slow down. 
and my words abide in. In. There's something in us. So what is flowing? What is flowing in us? First thing we find. Oh, let me change the color. Let me change the color. So it stands out here. What's flowing in us? The Word. We've been, we've been reading the Word. We've been meditating on the Word. Uh, you remember Psalm 1? Psalm 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate. That means chew on, think about, mull over in his mind. Doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth this fruit in this season. What, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall. Woo! Is that not a picture of John 15? So we've been thinking about the Word. We've been reading the Word. We've been memorizing the Word. We've been, we've been meditating on the Word, and the Word is in us. It's flowing, y'all. The Word is flowing. But there's some other stuff in us, too. Look what it says in John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, that word continue, it's the same Greek word as Abide. So it's the same word. It's in, right? In, abide in, continue in, stay. Continue in my... So what, what is flowing? What is flowing? The word's flowing in us. What else is flowing in us? Oh, yeah, yeah. Love. Okay. Verse John 15, 11. I'm, I'm trying to hurry because we're out, out, out of time, but we're going to get this. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain... What's that next word? In... It's flowing, guys. What's in us? What's in us? The and and what else? Woo! We get to know him with the word, and that creates closeness and drawing near and intimacy. And intimacy always produces. Woo! Y'all with me? All right. Now watch. Now watch. Now watch. Here's our problem. Here's our problem. Here's our problem. There's two things. Our function. Our function. We've got two, two points here. Function. And the second word is focus. <clears throat> our function is this. This is, this is our function. To read the word, love God, and experience His joy. He said, but I thought our function was to bear fruit. Nope. That's automatic. You're going to get it. Watch this. Watch this right here. What's that word? Look here. Look, look. What is this? Is a of the flow. Watch this. Watch this. I, I'm hurrying, guys. I, I know we're running late, and them kids people are going to kill me. <clears throat> All right. This is... Come on, people. Hurry, hurry, hurry. They, they're going to they're fire me. <clears throat> All right. Here, fruit is... All right. This is... Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the, here, here's the deal. This is what it's all about. The whole lesson is about this right here. Here's where we get in trouble. Here's, here, what's, that? what's the second point? 
Come on. Come on. Here's where we get in trouble as a Christian. Everybody looking? Everybody looking? If you can't see this, look up here. When we focus on... We try to manufacture it. When we focus on results, we're trying to love our neighbor. If it kills us, we're going to love him. How many of y'all figured out you can't produce it? You can't. When you focus on results, you're not going to get any. Because you're going to get tired after a while. And you're going to get frustrated. Because you might keep up for just a little bit. But on your own, you can do But watch this. When you spend time focusing on... If you will focus on this, this will flow... And this will be automatic. Your focus is not on fruit. That is something that's produced automatically because of the flow. Your job is to focus on the... He said abide. Abide. If you abide, focus on relationship, you're going to bear much. Does this make sense? Well, I tell you what, I want some some results out of my marriage. Well, focus on the relationship. Focus on loving her like Christ. Ladies, focus on respecting him. Men, focus on serving her. Making her feel number one. If you will start focusing on that junk, the other stuff will just happen. He will, she will become nice all of a sudden. <laughs> he will turn into a gentleman out of what? <laughs> How many of y'all will admit? How many of y'all will admit with me? How many of y'all will admit with me? There's been times in your Christian life your focus has been on the wrong thing. How many of y'all would agree with me that when you focus on results, it gets frustrating? Just focus on relationship. Just focus on loving Jesus. Don't worry about fruit. See, God wants to take all this pressure off of you. Don't worry about loving your neighbor. Yeah, I said it. Don't worry about them grudges and don't worry about forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. You've been stressed now because you ain't been able to do it. If you will just focus on Jesus, loving him, knowing him, communicating with him, praying with him, spending time with him, that will be automatic. That will just happen. There's not one single apple tree at the orchard over here on the other side of the road over here. That's not one single apple tree sweats that make an apple. But I bet you this. I mean, I guarantee you this. <clears throat> I told y'all I'm pitiful. Y'all already know this. There's a lot of channeling going on. There's no sweat. There's no frustration. The branches are just taking the nutrients out of the vine. And Jesus said, I got all you need. Don't focus on the results. Focus on me. Keep your eyes on me and I'll take care of that other stuff. Whew. 
I want so bad to keep going, but I'm out of time. So we're just going to do something else next week, all right? Aren't you glad that God's taken all the pressure off of us? Ladies and gentlemen, let's just go love on Jesus. Let's go get to know him. Let's learn about him. Let's read about him. Let's study about him. Let's meditate about him. And I guarantee you, your life will change drastically for the better. And all God's people see it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord.